great future. We're talking real money. And that is precisely what we want to do with you. We want to actually do it personally with you. With a phone call, 2855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I am Don McDonald. In Florida, Tom Cock is hanging out in the Talking Real Money studio in Bellevue, Washington. And uh, we have some important stuff to share with you, as we always do, because nothing is more important than helping you understand and manage your money better. I'm sorry, the rest of it is just fluff and fill. Not fluff and fold, fluff and fill. I'm waiting for this one. Here this we go. Must be big. You ready? Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. Okay. Now we talk usually. Uh, well, we talk. We talk a lot about bonds, a, a lot, particularly lately after 2022 when bond prices took a big old beating. But we also occasionally talk about the kind of bonds in which we suggest you invest, and those are short to intermediate term bonds because they tend to have less volatility. But normally. The shorter the term of the bond, the lower the yield, the lower the interest rate, because you don't have a lot of time risk, term risk. And generally, in a normal environment, the longer-term bonds, like 30-year treasuries, have a higher interest rate. That has not been the case lately. We've had what is called an inverted yield curve, but there's been a lot of talk in the industry about what's going to happen with this term premium. Yeah, what, what does this all mean to me? Yeah. I'm trying to figure what, that what out. What does it all mean to me? <laughs> it's getting headlines, but I don't know if I'm well, going to be running out and doing anything. Here's what it yeah. means. Oh, okay, good. Thank goodness. It, it, it once again is a wonderful example of why you can't spend a great deal of time focusing on the nuances and the peculiarities and the particular the particulars of how Wall Street works day to day. You have bond managers, and they are legion. There are thousands of them, all of whom have a different outlook on what different bonds are going to pay over different periods of time. They're all battling among themselves for dominance in the industry. In an industry, by the way, where the differences between short and long are not 5 or 6% a year, 2 or 3% even a year. It's often fractions of a percent per year. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, this is, according to the Wall Street Journal, I believe Wall Street's latest obsession is trying to figure out what the, and the expression is term premium, what it will be, right? What's that going to pay? Right. And But what happens to you is if you you read that, then you start thinking you too ah. should be playing the bond market. You know, should, should I should I get in? Should I wait to get into the bond market until that term premium works itself out? Should I buy short? Should I buy long? Should I buy CDs? Should I buy bonds? Should I buy bond funds? You start overthinking everything because, and we're gonna have we have some other examples of this in another aspect of the market because there are people who manage. Hundreds of millions, hundreds of billions, and even in a few cases, trillions of dollars, all essentially arguing among themselves about the future, and yet 
Do any of them know it? They don't know it. What they do know is now we're at uh, this 5% interest rate, right? I mean, on a 10-year government bond, which is the highest it's been since 2007. That's a long way. But you read some of the quote from this piece. It's pretty fascinating. No perfect way of knowing what investors think rates will be in the future. I think that's pretty accurate. Zero. Um, Exactly. Uh, Then there's people that say the yields will be up due to the growing federal government deficit, which I guess I, I'm assuming it can't grow very much right now because they can't do anything in Washington. Right? Well, They're that is like, the, it's like that the, is air the good news. Gotta, they can't fix yeah, it. And then there's other people saying it will be ba- based on past experience, but we really haven't had much past experience here. And then there's a final one that said uh, the Federal Reserve could be higher for longer which brought back my college years. I didn't understand the higher for longer thing. Uh, Oh, they're talking about rates being higher for longer. Ah, okay. And and that's the thing. What this all boils down to is everybody's trying to guess on something that is, well, guessable, but totally unknowable. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. In medicine, a second opinion might save your life. With investing... A second opinion might save your future. The trick is getting one without a high-pressure sales pitch. Well, I'm Don McDonald, and if you've been listening to Talking Real Money, you know that our goal is to help everyone create a brighter future by investing and managing money better. That's why, in addition to helping everyone on our show and podcast, we are also committed to making our 100% fiduciary advisors at Appella available to help everyone make the best financial decisions based on science. So if you're being pitched a financial product or a system, make sure you get a second opinion with no cost, no obligation, and no annoying sales pitch by going to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. That's 800-386-3004 or TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back. Our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And, of course, the fact that we're not talking with someone right now means there's no one on the line with whom to talk. No, there's no talking available. Well, there is between us. But that's true. So if you want to hear but, us blather on, don't call. 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. for longer. Now, that's my I, favorite I, phrase. I, I went and looked up the latest rates on bonds, yeah. on treasuries. Treasuries this is on These are issued by the U.S. government. Correct. So they're absolutely yep. safe if held to maturity. Yep. So if you well, buy have a, been, oh, Have been. Okay, but we can still say they are because the government has taxing authority as long as there's a government. Okay. If a couple of people have their way, there won't be. But uh, (laughs) yeah, let's not go there. Anyway, uh, so the one-year Treasury bill, yielding that's the T bill. Yeah, T bill. One-year T bill. Yeah, yielding five point four one percent right now. I'll just sign up for a lot of those. Well, the problem is with those, you get that five point four one, and then you get paid off in a year. And what's your next rate? What if rates go down? Mm, I'd rather be in a bond fund well, then because the fund will be pushed up in well, price. Well, or you could just take a little less, yeah. which is backward. This is totally backward from the way it worked. And it uh, tells you there's a great deal of uncertainty about the direction of rates. When you got a really high yielding one year, uh, it says that uh, people are expecting rates to go up. 
Yep, um, they are. Uh, because the three year is 4.93. 3.3. No, I'm sorry. 4.93. 4. 4.93. 4.93. 4. 4. 4. Wow. The 10 year is 4.93. <laughs> Wait, so why would I buy a 10 year? Because you could lock that rate the in. Risk of the, I see. Okay. okay. I guess so. Sure. And the no. 30 year Glad I'm not managing bugs. is 5.11. Yeah. Now that's a wacky yield curve. It's in it's basically flat. It's we yeah. it's basically flat. It's as close to flat yeah, as it can so be. Strange. Now part yeah. of the reason why and this is why you have to just trust the market. Because what you have is trillions of dollars, literally trillions of dollars, setting these prices every day. They're determining that this is the fair yield, given what everybody on the planet knows at that moment. And by the way, most of the people who are moving these markets know a lot more than you. So whatever you think is just a worthless opinion compared to what they already know. How about a short and intermediate term exchange traded fund? Exactly. That's like why that. you do that. Index. That's why you do it. Because if rates rise in the future, well, the short term bonds in that portfolio will get renewed, like that one year, at a higher rate. Yep. They'll be making five. If then. rates go down, those seven to 10 year bonds in the portfolio will continue to pick up their nearly 5% per year interest, even though the one and two years are going to get the ones that just matured. When they reinvest those, those are going to get a lower yield. A wacky time we live in. Well, I'll but the thing, the, the, the issue, though, the really basic issue in all this is that you're trusting the market to get you the return of the market, which means sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you win at least you would have won historically with buying just bond funds, boring stuff. You would have won more than you lost, even with BND, as we discussed. Which is a total bond fund. Yeah, right, which has corporates in it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, I think the another big picture item people should consider if you've been a saver is you can make something on those savings now and you have not been able to for a very long time well that's true see that's the opposite side of the coin remember when rates yeah, were near yeah. zero and all of Everybody's the all of the uh, fixed income seniors were like well somebody needs yeah. to raise rates because we need the yields but then what happens to the people who are buying houses well, that, yeah, I mean, some, mortgage rates are now at like eight percent. Somebody's got it now. Crazy. You're hearing, well, somebody's got to get these rates down so we can afford houses. This is the market, folks. This is what you need, and for for younger investors who haven't experienced it, this is what the market does. The bond market fluctuates, albeit not as much as the stock market fluctuates, which fluctuates a lot albeit not as much as the commodities markets fluctuate, albeit not as much as crypto fluctuates. No, please. I got a question crypto along these lines. Crypto fluctuates like crazy. Oh, you have it a... It kind of makes sense. Really? Yeah, oh, I'd love that. Makes sense, Thank yeah. you. Thank you for it's bringing from, that up. Uh, the, initials, the initials DM in the great state of Washington. It's not me. It says, what is the difference? What is the... I know, I thought of you. What is the difference between money market and money market fund? Oh, that's easy. There's a money market savings account, yeah. which 
Which still probably isn't paying much, right? Why? You know, I haven't looked at one if in you, ages. How about Bank of America? How about you go Bank of America money market fund? Do they have a I money market savings zero account? I think they must, right? Won't they? I mean, you'd think so. Major but bank. the difference is one well, is a mutual not. fund and one right. is an account at a bank. These days, Correct. though, the, the what used to be called money market savings accounts, they're now called high yield savings accounts. It's ah, okay. a better name. But they were the money market savings accounts of old. For example, First Horizon Bank, which isn't a very big bank, they call theirs a money market savings account at 4.90, whereas Capital One calls theirs a high-yield savings account at 4.30. Now, money, money market fund is not federally insured, correct? Correct. A money market fund yeah. is not federally fund. insured. Yeah, right. A money market— That's different. Yeah, and Bank of America has gotten rid of their money market savings account. Tired of paying people all this wacky 3%, well, when 4% When it, when it was open, which was, a, <laughs> yeah. I don't know when, it's no longer available to new customers, uh, it was paying a whopping, uh, this Bank of America, <laughs> our friends at Bank of America, with whom we both stup- yeah, stupidly bank. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I know. We're still zero there. We're still there. 0.01. Or, you know how long money or, we just got some money. You know how long it stayed at Bank of America before we I, just got the money? Uh, last about 12 minutes or something. It was gone. So basically, man. you can gone. make 5% more every year than yeah. Bank of America. Although, yeah, I think right. they're paying 0.04 now on savings. Point zero four. Yeah. Anyway, and you, if you want to know the best rates there, you can go to bankrate.com. Okay, but that was an interesting question because people do get confused about the money market yeah, no, that's good. versus the money market fund. Good question. That was a great question. If you got more questions? You me, can just call us. You can ask directly, you can ask, right? Ask, ask, you can ask, ask us, you can you can ask, you ask us directly. Oh, as a matter of fact, the highest yielding um, savings account, high yield savings account right now, is at Everbank. And it is 5.14% higher yield than the Bank this of America at, account. This is at bankrate.com? Bankrate.com. Everbank has a 5.15 high yield savings account. That means it's liquid all the time. Amazing. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. This is funny. As I scroll down bankrate.com's website, apparently I'm being tracked. I always, if you know, if I'm in a hurry. I click okay, You're fine. Accepting I the accept yeah, all your you cookies. stupid cookies. Yeah. I love cookies. Feed yeah. me cookies. <laughs> so I always hit, so they know where yeah. I bank. So they know I bank at Chase and Bank of America. So as I scroll down the page, a lot there, are you? it says offers yeah. from banks you may use. So I was wrong about Bank of America. According to Bankrate.com, oh. Ch- both Chase and Bank of America are paying a whopping 0.01% on savings. That's, and yet they have probably, you know, $5 trillion sitting there making 0. And I found the highest now. I I scrolled further down, and there's a bank called Popular Direct, never heard of them, paying 5.40%. And that is federally insured. That's savings. 
Oh, my gosh. 855-935-TALK. Call us. We'd love to help you or just chat with you. And, Jim, thanks for doing just that. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Don, Tom. I really appreciate your show. Thank you. What can we do for you? Hey, uh, I'm uh, about... I'm about, uh, we're about 60, 40, 60% in equities uh, with the uh, top three holdings, uh, VT, AVGE, and AVUV. So that's pretty much in line with what you're talking about. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the the other 40%. We're looking at uh, getting Social Security uh, when I hit 70, and that's probably going to take care of 90% of our needs. But uh, for the balance of the needs I'm really looking at. I have been buying like 5%, uh, I'm sorry, five year and 10 year uh, tips for just a little bit on um, both splitting it with tips and the five year and 10 year bond. But I, with a flattening of the curve lately that you were just talking about the yield curve, uh, I bought some of those, that 20 year uh, bond that was uh, sitting out there at five and 5.245 or whatever it was uh, is what the effective yield is on that. So I'm, I, you talked over these podcasts about building your own annuity and that's kind of what I'm doing, but I would like your comments on uh, the way in which I am doing it. I'm doing the tips in a Roth because of the tax consequences and the rest of the uh, rest of the T bills and bonds, anything else is in my rollover IRA. Well, first of all, we're glad to hear you're I'm in a 60-40, and you're okay. We're worried about you. Yeah, because I mean, you know how bad it okay. was for 60-40s in the Generationally West. bad, so glad you're surviving <laughs> this generation. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, okay, so, but I'm yeah, and and I I Don answers, but I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, first, I want to make sure people are aware what a TIP is, Treasury Inflation Protected Security. So it's issued by the U.S. government, and it kind of adjusts every six months for unexpected inflation. They have not had a good time lately, though, TIPs. Yeah. But in the longer haul, the idea here is to buy some protection moving forward. And I think having a little inflation protection in a portfolio is a good idea, whether it's through TIPs or uh, the uh, the I-bonds through the Treasury, either one. You need a little bit of protection. Um, I I want to ask you about your 5, 10, 20 portfolio, though, the, the, the Treasury bonds. Um, if this, okay. Is this just going to be an interest-bearing portfolio? You are just going to be taking the interest, and you will not – you have no plans to sell the longer maturity securities in that portfolio. That's, that's correct. Great. I'm not buying – yeah. Uh, more in any year that I want other than what I then, uh, plan on using or plan on ha- actually have it as an RMD. Then what you've, you've done, if you can have the discipline, and it sounds like you can, what you've done is created a five-year staggered ladder. So when your five years mature in five years, if you roll those back out to 20 then you are going to keep a really nice average rate of return. You will see volatility in the prices, but you can't peak, as Jack Bogle said. If you don't peak and you can maintain that discipline, then there's nothing wrong with going out to those longer maturities. The problem with those is their volatility. Ignore it, you'll be fine. Tom and Don are talking real money. 
great future. We're talking real money. Because it's really, really, really important. We want you to get this right. Please call 855-935-TALK every Saturday as we try to help you at least muddle through, if not get through it in pretty decent fashion. The money matters that you need to deal with, the things you need to do to get to retirement. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number. And Gary, thanks for waiting. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking my question. Our pleasure. What's up? Um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm nervous about, I, I, I left an, an employer uh, uh, a while, a couple of years ago, and I just put my uh, 401k into a stable value fund in that, in there because I was nervous about the market and um, now I'm, I just feel like I'm missing out on um, like with the interest rate so high I just feel like there should be a comfortable place I could put it without worrying about a loss I'm, um, I'm giving this one to Tom so I guess I'm you know this is a very typical question uh, and, and that's it, it's the problem is if you want to make money you have to accept risk because right and now, risk being volatility, risk by the being way. volatility. Yeah, not the. Yeah, right. We're not talking about the risk of all no, your get, money vanishing. That. We're just talking about the bouncing around that happens. Yeah, I get that. So, and but, what um, rate of return but, uh, do you need to make a, on the money? Right. Sorry. You know, I'm I'm not even sure. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, if I got five percent, I'd be happy. Well, the, here's the issue. Here's the problem. Um, you right can get five percent today. You can absolutely get 5% on your money today. As we mentioned, a one-year treasury is paying 5.4%. You can get 5%, but it's only for a year. What happens if rates go down in a year? And you're counting on five, but but they're down to three. Yeah, well, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not counting because I got 10 more years of work ahead of me. And also, I, I, I get this too. Um, I don't know if I should take it out and move it into it, take it from a Roth. I have about four hundred forty thousand. I don't know if I should be paying, paying taxes on it now, or if I should. Um, no, no. Okay, hold wait, on. Wait, 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 we're, wait, wait, now wait. we're getting into a totally different issue: the Roth conversion. The Roth conversion has to be based <laughs> on a tax plan. You have to look at your current tax situation calculate your potential future tax situation and see if you're better off doing a Roth conversion. But let's leave that for a moment and get back to the issue of moving it from here to there and everywhere because you feel like something needs to be moved because you want absolute safety. And here's the, the what you really need. And we keep saying this over and over again, Tom, what does he need first and foremost above everything else? You got to have a plan oh, first yes. because that's. Oh, sorry, I'd hate to be so boring. Yeah, I mean because if you had that, then you'd know this should go into bonds or this should go into stocks or what this should go into, rather than because what I'm hearing is what a lot of people are saying. A lot. Here's how I feel about the future. Here's how I feel. I want something safe now because it's a period of great uncertainty, geopolitically, uh, politically here in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to say, yeah, that's today, but tomorrow could look a lot different. Your portfolio should be built for if you still have 10 more years of work for another, you know, 30, 40 years of a lifetime. That's the part you've got to pay attention to. Think about this for a minute, Gary. Over the past decade, despite all of the horrible uncertainty, a balanced portfolio has made about 7% a year. Seven. 
just you had to accept. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. You had to accept a little volatility along the way. But the volatility wasn't the kind of volatility that we saw, like in 2008, with the stock market down 50%. Because you have balance. The yes. balance gives you ballast to make you feel better about the declines. When there is a big decline, you go, eh, I didn't lose that much. And historically, walking, it's always come back. Dead. Yeah. yeah. The Walking Dead portfolio worked out. Okay, so here's my bigger picture, bigger picture suggestion. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Uh, here's the bigger. You need an advisor. Yep. You need to sit down with somebody. A free and say, one here's or my a situation. paid one. You need- yeah, and you got to have somebody look at your whole situation because I feel like you would rush in, put something in a stable value, and then wait five years. Just talk to somebody who's been waiting five years to get back in the market because hey, we'll know when it's, it's better for this. Yeah, the bell will be rung. It won't ever happen. You need an advisor who's going to build this correctly for you. Hold your hand when these bad things come along and look at the long term. Because, Gary, for you, it is the long term. you got a long time to use this you money. You sure do. You sure do. you got to have a long-term perspective, Gary. We, All right, well, thank- we really want you to do this right. And we've got to take the emotion out of it. And it's hard for every one of us. Ah, absolutely. Tom and I have fought it. I fight it with my wife all the time because she's very emotional about money. And I'm going, no, you do not know that rates are going to go up. You do not know the market's going to go down. You don't know those things. Well, but I read a lot. Well, not enough. Or you'd know that you can't know. 855-935-TALK is our number. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And we still have time for you. All you need to do is pick up your little iPhone. Tom just got a new one. I know, the 15. This it's is not, like a big deal you, for me. But but you just got the regular I didn't get 15. The whatever. I got the Pro. You got the 15 Pro? I didn't get the, but there's, there's there another the Pro like, Max. Pro That's what I have. Yeah, I didn't get the Pro Max. Yeah, I got the Pro. I have the Pro Max because the, I told him I want the one in between. The Pro Max has so, a five yeah. X. So proud opti- of myself. You have a nice camera now. I know, but and, I don't. I can't figure out the voicemail. Dude, you should try that low light camera. Try shooting a picture in in just a you know regular dark indoor setting. You know where you always have to okay. use a flash or they look like crap. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the iPhone finds it, but somehow it it invites mystical light into the room. Shows up. And magically turns up the volume on the light, and you get these cool pictures. I was I was I watched a, a video the other day of a guy who was taking pictures of the sky on a super dark night, and they have a sky mode on the camera, dark sky mode, 
and these pictures you can see every star. I mean, unbelievable! Like like billions the Duchess of, of Sussex and I don't know George Clooney. Every star, every, every okay. star. Yeah. I, okay. okay. I, I uh, get you what you're. I get what you're going for, but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you got time for a question? Oh, I got a question oh, we can yeah. read. I got a lot of written. Questions. I love questions. Sure. That's many, I live many, for many. questions. Um, I don't know this city though. Coropolis, Coropolis, Pennsylvania. Coropolis. It's I'm where they. Right. It's where it's. It's. Uh, it was in the movie Cars. It was where all the cars lived. Oh. They lived in Coropolis. Okay. And oh, it's right oh, next door oh, very to. Very good. Look at you. It's actually C O R. It's right next to Truck Town, okay. USA. <laughs> Trucker town. All right, this from Jay. Silver writes, Bullet, I'm, Ohio. <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, Jay writes, I'm currently maxing out my Roth 401k and Roth IRA at the IRS contribution limits, both at 100% equity allocations. Good, okay. He's 33, his wife yeah. is 35. That's I'm, perfect. Okay. I'm very thrilled. He's interested in opening a Roth IRA for her. Mm-hmm. He's looking at Fundrise. What? Which does have an IRA account available. As a way to start diversifying into real estate over the long haul. Oh, wait a minute. Let me, so he's probably in an index fund. He's going to move his wife over to Fundrise. Is this a long-term relationship, Jay? Um, we'll talk about Fundrise in a minute. I'm not concerned with liquidity or immediate returns, but I wonder about platform risk, the failure of Fundrise, or simpler alternatives like a REIT. Now you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Have you encountered Fundrise? What do you think of the strategy of investing in real estate within a retirement account? I'll take the last part first and then let you go on Fundrise. Go ahead. Yeah, real estate REIT. REITs, REITs should be a part of your overall portfolio, a small part. But, yes, I would use those in a retirement account if I was investing globally the way I think you should. But Fundrise? <laughs> hmm. No, about that. Well, I know Fundrise. And uh, and and they, they, they're very tricky. They're really tricky. They say on their website that, well, we only charge 0.15% to manage your money, and that's so much lower than all the other advisors out there. Uh, and then, but if you really dig, you find that well, okay, that's only part of the story. As Paul Harvey said, you need to explore the rest of the story. And the yes. rest of the story is okay. They charge point one five for telling you where to put your money, but the places where you put your money, like their the real estate fund that they use, has an expense ratio of point eight five. Wait, this is a fund of funds. They have a fund. In their th- deal, and they advise you to get into that fund. They have another fund called the Innovation Fund, where the total expenses are ready, one point eight five percent, one point eight five percent, just less than two. That's for crazy. sake of comparison. For comparison's sake, let's be fair. Let's compare it to the broadest portfolio of real estate investment trusts, and that is the Vanguard real estate ETF or the Vanguard real estate fund. The ET- This is a yeah, a hugely diversified huge. fund. I don't know how diversified is uh fundrise. I have no idea. Uh, I don't either, but I can tell you yeah. that the the Vanguard real estate ETF uh owns let me just find 160 different REITs. That own many, many properties, properties right. each one of those REITs. Right. It's not a single right. REIT. Right, it's Crown yes, Castle, it's uh, Public Storage, it's right. Simon yeah. Property, Huge. it's Realty mm-hmm. Income Group. They own all of these in that portfolio. And what do they charge you? Point one point, 0.12. Oh, it's funny. I was going to say 0.15. So. Massive diversification, very low cost. 
There's no way it would go to Fundrise. I don't even no know comparison. what the attraction is to Fundrise. Right, that's what I'm trying to figure I, I, out. Do they have a higher dividend they're paying out or something? Oh, probably is some, some ridiculous promise. This is something, so. uh, let's see. Their year-to-date return is negative 3.21. Yeah, for 2022, there it's 1.5, 21. You know, it's um, – and what's funny is when you look at their returns and they compare them, they actually compare their returns to publicly traded REITs. And, um, you know, in 2021, the publicly traded REITs did 40. They did 22.99. But the publicly traded REITs provide greater liquidity, more diversification, and if you do it with Vanguard – a far lower cost, but there's an there's an addition to this discussion, and that is real estate should only make up a tiny portion of your portfolio. What five percent, maybe? Yeah, I would say between five and ten of the all of the equity side, not of the entire portfolio, of the equity side of the portfolio. So if you have a 60-40, well, you're going to have a pretty small amount in REITs. Period. I see no reason to hire somebody like this when again you can get exposure to this part of the market for an extremely low cost as you point out don for very wide diversification and frankly the well-known and professional management of somebody like vanguard that's another reason i would trust it over fundrise in an instant and by the way fundrise has basically one reit one reit their reit and their reit has 296 properties in it of what type? Oh, Does it say? Oh, uh, yeah. I, they have pictures of them, and that's what makes it cool. You get pictures, commercial. Ah, you don't get that at Vanguard. No, okay. no commercial apartments, etc. <coughs> yeah, this is not something <coughs> that I believe you need. This is not something. I jokingly said, if this is going to be a long-term relationship with your wife, it'd be bad to put yourself in something else and then say, "By the way, I'm putting you in Fundrise." <laughs> that wouldn't be good for the longer-term nature of your relationship. Uh, so, so, no, I, no, that's no, not a place. No, no. Uh-uh. no then they say they're building well-rounded portfolios. There's some fixed income, mm-hmm. and anyway, whatever. They're still charging. It's one percent per year to one point eight five percent per year. It's a little on the high side. Yeah. And, and again, diversification. I think you get pr- more professional management at Vanguard. I do, too. For a lower You're cost not, well, and for professional liquidity. Management. You're just getting diversification. It's not managed. Yeah, I, I say that, but even in an index, there's some decisions to be made. I trust Vanguard's over fundraises. That's all. Yeah, their venture is, oh, they, they of course, they're trying to be cool. And their venture fund is they're going to go out and buy new tech companies private tech companies these are up and comer unicorns etc yeah. that have not gone public right. yeah okay right yeah. Okay. right so sure mm-hmm. pick the right ones there yeah by the way speaking of Hedge that fund. to show you how tough it is in business there was a company that was backed by bill gates and jeff bezos that at one point was valued at 3.8 billion dollars that just announced it's going out of business called convoy right. Right. I mean, I mean, this is, shows you how hard it is to pick the right company. But hedge funds are very similar to this, and it's private capital. They go out and they invest in private yep. things. And hedge funds have, and this was a famous bet between Warren Buffett and a hedge fund guy, hedge funds have been beaten by just the S&P 500 in aggregate. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you would like a little bit of help with your financial situation, you're you're like, I don't know how to start a plan, or why do I own all this stuff? What does it do? How much am I paying? You want answers to those questions? Well, you can call us. 
but we won't have much time. Or you could call our office, Appella Wealth, and we'll let you spend time with one of our advisors, truly free and with no high-pressure sales pitch. It's just really unbelievable. Nobody does this. Nobody does this. Uh, so do it. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the Meet an Advisor button, or call 800-386-3004. But it's really easy. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click Meet an Advisor. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. I think I need a nap.